Good morning. We have two scripture readings this morning. First one is Proverbs 27, verse 17. I think Pete just stole a little bit of the thunder, this one. Sorry, yeah, Proverbs 27, verse 17. As iron sharpens iron, so one person sharpens another. The second reading is from Hebrews 10. Verses 24 and 25. That's Hebrews 10, verses 24 and 25. And let us consider how we may spur one another on toward love and good deeds, not giving up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing, but encouraging one another and all the more as you see the day approaching. We've got, we started last, year, last week on a new series called Belong, and we're talking all about how to belong into in, the, in the kingdom of God. So to start with, I've got th- three stories, three stories that revolve around community. So Solari and I have lived in quite a few places over our married life. Um, I'm sure not as many as some of you. I've heard some of your stories. You've moved around quite a lot. But each time we've moved into a new neighbourhood, we've been quite... we sought to be strategic about getting to know our neighbours. From the time we were first married, we moved into our first rental in Ringwood East. And uh, I can't fully remember... It was 23 years ago. I can't, you're lucky if I can remember your name from two weeks ago. So 23 years ago is a long time. I can't fully remember the, 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 the lady that lived behind our unit. I can't remember her name. I'm sure Solari might. Um, but we started to, as a young couple, started to get to know her. She was a lovely lady. We started moving around as we started ministry. We moved overseas. And we really did love our church and the youth ministry in England. That was a fantastic ministry, a fantastic time for, for us. But I reckon some of the most memorable times were with our neighbours in that community that we lived and we built into that community. It was fantastic. Just in our, our neighbourhood area, there's like probably five or six little houses just right next to, near us, um, all around us, that we just built such deep and connected relationships. Even, even to the point where our cat was so comfortable with our neighbours, it liked spending more time in their neighbour's house than our house. It would sit, we'd be out in the backyard and we'd be sitting out in the backyard or whatever, we'd look up into the neighbour, and up in the neighbour's window is, upstairs window, not just the front window, not on the outside, on the inside is our cat looking down at us, sort of almost with disgust, like, you pity. <laughs> Back in Melbourne and uh, when we were over in, both here and, and in Newport, we were able to build relationships with even some of the, the hardest of, of neighbours, um, perhaps They didn't want to build a relationship with us, but we pressed to build relationships with them. And now we feel totally blessed to have wonderful neighbours. Some that we're getting to know really well, some that we met when we were illegally burning off our olive tree. We didn't actually realise we were doing that wrongly, but our neighbour from behind us came around and said, you can't do that. And we said, we can't do what? We're just burning a little stuff. And he said, no, our... um, 
can't do that at all. And we've gotten to know them really well. Um, and they're lovely neighbours. Um, behind us, they, um, they go to a church just in Maroondah there as well. So, so we feel blessed to have a great community. The two men either side of me are way more skilled with their hands than I am, um, and they've been able to help me in various ways um, so that I don't make a mess of our house um, and the different things. So they bring their tools over and help me out. Um, and they look after our chickens when we go on holiday. We've got a great neighbours. Wayne next door, he's a Collingwood supporter, and I look forward to watching more uh, footy with him this year. And I just look at the community that's around us and feel really blessed as I've considered uh, them. I, I feel like I want to spend time with them as we've developed those relationships. Second story. I put my car in for a service on Friday morning, just in Croydon, and I went and had a, a coffee at Mr. T's Coffee um, Cafe. It's just a new cafe in Croydon. Um, Mr. T makes burgers. I don't know if you've come across Mr. T's Burgers in Croydon. If you haven't, they're pretty good burgers, apparently, but he makes a good coffee. It's a, quite a nice coffee. And I, I, I was sort of went outside. It was really hot inside his cafe, so I went outside and just sat on the bench outside, and I um, was doing some stuff. And when it was a downtime, he'd come and he'd come and have a chat with me. So he'd just come and talk to me, and, and we sort of got this really interesting chat. And I just said, oh, how long have you been? The, the cafe's been only there for probably six, eight months. And I said, how's it going? And that sort of thing. He said, oh, the street's a bit, it's a bit funny at the moment. He's right on the main street, but there's all the work that's going on at Croydon Station. So they're putting the, the overpass. So it's a bit messy. And I said, oh, yeah. This, um, and he said, the street's down that end of town, so where the station is, um, if you know Croydon Main Street at all, is that there's a, there's a sort of flourishing end, and then there's the other end. And there's a toy shop there that's always open. No one ever goes into it, so I don't know how they keep going. Um, <laughs> and, and so this, this, this end of, of thing, he said, um, this will change. This will become the flourishing end. I said, like, okay, interesting, um, as people come off. But he said, there's three things missing in Croydon. I mean, interesting conversation. Three things missing in Croydon. Three key things that bring people together. This is what he was saying. He said a few decent good shops, like a um, designer shop or a homeware shop or something like that. It's missing that. He said it's missing a, um, a Coles Express type thing on the shop. Across the other side of the way, there's the, the, the big Coles and the Aldi. But on the shopping centre side, there's nowhere really to go and get... If you just were coming off the train, you want to get your bread and a couple of veggies to take home or whatever. There's nothing like that. He said that would help. And he said, finally, we need a pub. We need a pub. Oh, fair enough. And um, because he said, people want somewhere to congregate. People want somewhere to congregate, to socialise and be with like-minded people. Well, that was interesting. So we, we chatted all through that. It was an amazing uh, conversation. But then it made me think about what we do on a Sunday. And we congregate. And then we go out about our week. On Sunday, we congregate with like-minded people, whether we're here or whether we're online. We're congregating. We come to be encouraged in faith and to sing praises and to adore God and hopefully get a greater understanding of God's word and how it applies to our lives. That's what church is in a nutshell, isn't it? But, but part of church is more than just showing up here. It's about the community of people that we have in the church, like-minded people who love Jesus, congregating together to share the ups and downs of life. Does it only need to be on a Sunday? 
Third story. On Friday night, Kyra was at a friend's house. The boys came here to splash down youth, and it was crazy. I don't know if you've got kids. The kids came home, and they just raved about it. They loved it. They loved it. Um, great time. But Solara and I were able to sneak out and go have a, a, a dinner out. And so we went down to the basin and, and we went to the local pub at the basin. I didn't really know the space at all. And, and so we checked out the few places, but we ended up at the Oak Tree Tavern down at the basin. Great spot. Old style pub. Sort of had a little bit of a feel of the English sort of pubs. Um, maybe a little more rowdy than the English pubs. Um, <laughs> didn't have the soccer on the tally, that was English. Didn't have gammon steak on the menu, that was very English, and that was my favourite thing. But um, there was an awesome blues band playing, they were getting ready to play. The food was good, and the people were dancing as if no one was watching. It was a lot of fun. It was a lot of fun. Um, we saw Sam there. Sam, it was awesome to see you. And, and she, was, she had just met people that night, and she just said, these people wanted to come up and meet Sam's pastor. How cool is that? So, <laughs> so good. It was cool. The people were lovely, they were friendly, and it was pretty obvious that a lot of people knew one another at this base. A lot of people obviously go there quite a lot, and they built community. As people walked in and out, there was a bit of a tap on the shoulder or whatever it might be. People knew one another. They'd meet there regularly, and I guess they'd probably meet there more than once a week. They shared they share community together. Like-minded people congregating to share the ups and downs of life together. Three stories. So I thought about the various neighbourhoods that we've lived in, I thought about the Croydon Main Street, and I thought about the pub on Friday night. All have people in them searching for a sense of belonging. And many find that in the pub, sporting clubs, the RSL, local music group. I believe that many people are seeking belonging because they believe that belonging is tied up to a specific place. I belong at KSBC. This is my home. I belong here. I belong at the cricket club. It's where I feel most at home. As a kid, for me, I felt like the footy club was a home. That's where I was there every Sunday morning and every Sunday night. Then on Wednesdays and Fridays, we'd go and have practice there. That was home. Now, the reality of belonging is that these places are not home, are they? They're not home. They're just places. We walk into, we have this sweet feeling of home, but we don't have that sense of, after a month of not sleeping in your own bed, really coming home. You know that feeling, don't you? Hugh McKay says this. He says, The secret to the art of belonging is no secret at all. It's to accept that belonging is not dependent upon finding some utopian setting. There is no wondrous community waiting somewhere for you to arrive so you can be embraced by the natives and imbued with the great spirit of belonging. It's not where you live. It's how you live. It's not where you live. It's how you live. That's what builds belonging. So I want to suggest with this in mind that to belong means that we need to be doing more than just having a once-a-week commitment to the local pub 
or once a week commitment to whatever group it may be, and we're here at the church, a once a week commitment to the church. It's more than having a drink with your neighbour on a semi-regular basis. It's more than going into uh, the sporting club once a week. It's more than coming to church on a Sunday morning once a week, even if you're one of the few that come every Sunday without fail. I want to suggest that this morning that to, to fully belong is not about the physical place. Rather, it's about how you live in and for the community that you live in. How you are able to enhance that community. And how do you make the place better to be for others? What's your responsibility for bearing some of this joint load in the community? So this morning, I want to try, in our short time together, to unpack a little bit of that. Now, over the following four weeks, we're going to have um, messages still on this idea of belonging, but we're going to, we're going to fit them into um, the foundational statements that we've got hanging on the wall out there. Faith Beyond Sunday, making Christ known, building bridges community, and developing a culture of leadership and service. So we're going to try and fit them in there. And those statements came out of our leadership retreat a couple of years ago. So we're going to unpack that a little bit. But this morning, we're going to start to see how you find belonging within this church, But to do that, you also must nurture your faith beyond Sunday. Last week we said that all who love Jesus and call him Lord belong. And it's a very true theological statement. But practically it sometimes doesn't fit into the church. Because belonging cannot be narrowed down to this place two hours on a Sunday morning. Rather, belonging will begin to develop as we develop a faith that reaches beyond Sunday. So I'm going to look at three verses that can help us to understand how, do we, how we develop and belong when we develop our faith beyond the Sunday into this community of believers. So the first one is we need to understand our identity in Christ. I love Psalm 1. It paints this beautiful picture of a tree that is planted by a stream of water. And the picture is not only a beautiful scene, but it's this wonderful metaphor for the Christian person who's deeply rooted in Christ. As the roots of, a, of the tree, you see it there in the picture, I don't know how clearly you can see it, it stretches out for the water and for the source of water. Once that source is found, it draws on this water, continually drawing on the water. And the water strengthens the tree, but not only strengthens the tree, it, it, it helps the, um, the, the tree to, to bear fruit. And you can see, I don't know if you can see on this one, there's the abundant amount of fruit in that tree. It says, But those whose delight is in the law of the Lord and who meditates on his law, on his law day and night that person is like the tree that's planted by streams of water, which yields fruit in, se- in season, and those whose leaf uh, does not wither. Whatever they do prospers. That, that image emphasizes that our, our spiritual vitality and identity are sustained with an ongoing relationship with God. It highlights this foundational truth that we belong to him and we derive our life and strength from his unending grace. Last week we were reminded that if you know Jesus, you do belong. You all belong if you know Christ. You're part of God's great family through knowing him. But it doesn't just stop at knowing God. The beginning of those verses is that we are actually called to delight in the law of the Lord, delighting in God's word. 
in his commands. This is what the verse tells us. If you delight in his word, you will bear great fruit. Now, this idea of delighting in something, it, it, it means you find great pleasure, great joy, great satisfaction in it, doesn't it? it this feeling of delight influences your uh, attitudes and your, um, sort of your actions towards things. So if I delight in, some, in spending time uh, with my family, I do delight in spending time with my family. I love spending time with my family. I find great joy, I find great pleasure and satisfaction from sitting watching a movie with them or um, playing a board game together or going out and eating ice cream together. I find great joy in that. But I don't just derive joy from it from a single day. I've done that, that's my joy done, so then I don't have to do this anymore. I derive joy in it every time I spend time with my family, every single time. I love journeying through the ups and downs of life with my family. If, if I only engaged in doing that once a week, or only for a few hours a week, whilst I might find joy for that small amount of time, it wouldn't be a much of a way to deepen our relationship, would it? It would just be our family doing family. I find joy in the continual living out of life with my family. And so, in the same way, we mean to find joy continually in our Lord. The tree that draws continually from the stream, we need to move beyond just faith on a day to faith through our week, to find joy, pleasure and satisfaction from daily reading of scriptures from making sure that on Monday that we're praying for our work colleagues or our friends or our, uh, the students that we are with at school or at university. That, that when we get back to Saturday and we've gone and, and uh, done all the things of the week, that we give God thanks and praise that we've been learning and growing and drawing from him. We belong to a body, but we must continue to draw from that stream on a daily basis. So this morning, if you're thinking, I want to deepen my joy in Christ, I want to delight in my relationship with God, not just go through the motions of faith, then, as I suggested before, jump on board with reading through Lent. It's a great way to to get into Scripture. And do it in community. It's a daily challenge to read the Scriptures. Key here is to do it perhaps on the same time every day. Maybe when you wake up, you set your alarm five minutes earlier and, and go and stop and start to read. Maybe it's during your lunch break for the next, uh, for, through the lunch, you say, instead of going out and going for a walk, I'm going to go for a walk, but I'm going to take my um, Bible with me. It's on your phone, so you can take it with your phone. It'll even read to you. That's the beauty of it. So if you're on a walk, put your headphones in and just let it read to you. But find delight in the Lord on a daily basis through his word. Find delight in understanding who you are in Christ and draw from him on a daily basis. The second thing uh, to think about is that iron sharpens iron, as Pete read in the, um, the scriptures today. But iron sharpens iron in community beyond Sunday. Most of the time, so thinking about a Lenten, practice, we do things on our own. We read the scriptures on our own or we might have our prayer time on our own. We do our own devotions um, and there's biblical understanding of solitude. Jesus always did 
strip back and, and find his own space. However, this proverb also reminds us of ironing, sharpening, ironing, that there is an importance for one another when it comes to strengthening and developing a faith beyond Sunday. As iron sharpens iron, so one person sharpens another. Perhaps it's more than just me, but does, does anyone else get great pleasure in sharpening a knife? Does anyone enjoy that? It's nice, isn't it? Is there some good feeling about sharpening a knife? What sort of, what sort of block do you use? Do you use a, one of the, the, the rods or do you use a, an actual block or the strap? What, what do you guys use? Another knife. Because it sharpens iron. Well, there's different... Oh, yeah, some people will say no to that. Some people say no to that. But I, I'm, I'm all for that. Yeah. But you can get the blocks, you can get another knife, you can get all sorts of things. Because iron sharpens iron. But there's, there's a real sense of satisfaction in sharpening a knife. There really is. Whether it's ripping it through, or just even a sharpener, like you know the sharpeners you get in the hammer bench, or up and down the sharpening rod, the whetstone. Does anyone know what a whetstone is? Yeah, yeah, good, 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 good. Anyone under twenty probably got no idea. I didn't know what it was. Anyway, I didn't know what it's called. I knew what it was. I didn't know what it's called. There you go. Uh, <laughs> I haven't used one of them. Um, but but as the blade hits this metal on the other side, and it chips away the blunt edges of the knife. And it starts to refine them again and make them sharp again. And then you get your potato out and you cut through it and go, oh, that's nice. <laughs> that's nice. That's nice. The pumpkin that you've been stabbing at for ages and all of a sudden, oh, that's good. That's good. Imagine I tried, my, I tried to sharpen my knife, however, with my cushion. It's just not going to work. <laughs> it's just going to go straight through my cushion and make a mess of my cushion. Because cushions don't sharpen iron. Iron sharpens iron. It's another vivid image of how walking alongside others is so important in our continual journey of faith. Faith is sharpened within community. C.S. Lewis said that friendship is born at the moment when part, one person says to another, What? You too? I thought I was the only one. If we do this faith thing in isolation, we're missing out on the blessing and the bounty of, or the beauty of relationship in Christ. When you find someone or a group of people who have a mutual understanding and are seeking to deepen their relationship with God, it makes sense to meet together. I reckon that's why the people congregate at the pub on, on Friday night because they're going, I need a sense of community that is going to help me in my walk. Now, that might be outlaid very differently to what we see here, but it's the same reason. To live faith beyond Sunday, we, may, we must seek out like-minded people who are saying, yep, me too. I want to read the Bible with someone. Yep, me too. I want to pray together regularly with someone else. Because as you do, you are sharpening that person. You know, like the two knives. You're sharpening that person, but they're also sharpening you. I reckon developing a deepening faith beyond Sunday has to be done in community. We saw it last year, specifically when we ran Alpha. Those 10 weeks at Alpha spent in such tight-knit community were, were life-giving. It was life-giving for me. I loved it. We talked about our faith journey, we talked about the ups and downs of life, we shared a meal. But when the program stops, what happens then? 
We need to put habits into our lives that when something stops, the habit doesn't stop. I was speaking to, to Jenny uh, Mattinson this week, and uh, I'll get her up to share her story at some stage. I won't do it today, but I'll get her up to share her story at some stage. But she's, um, uh, she, as we chatted over coffee, it became very clear that she does her Christian walk with numerous people throughout her week. She runs a connect group. She's involved. It's a BSF group, isn't it? Bible study fellowship group. And she, <laughs> and she talked about these groups, which gave her life. But it didn't just talk about it. You could see life bubbling up in Jenny as she talked about it. Her Christian walk is done with numerous people all through the week. And as she talked, I could see that bubbling up out of you. These were places where she finds belonging, for sure, but also she's able to flourish. We'd love to start up more commit groups at KSBC. We really would. There are various ways that we can do it. We've got a very, we'd love to see a, a, a large percentage of our people here at KSBC in a connect group. I know we've got quite a lot, which is fantastic. We want to put it right up there. But one thing we're finding hard is to get people to commit to facilitating a group. Facilitating a group doesn't mean you need to lead a group every week. It's, it's getting a group of people together who are keen to commit to sharing and growing together. That's, that's what facilitating is. And if you are sitting here thinking, I could do that. I could facilitate a group. I could gather people together and help us to start to explore, even if it's just reading the Bible together. I could do that. Come and see me. We'd love to chat to you. I'd love to chat to you more about what that might look like. I know there's also people that are wanting to be in a group at the moment, and um, please continue to let us as pastors know if you are wanting to be in a group. We're trying to develop more spaces where there's an openness for people to sharpen one another through the week. We talked last year a little bit as, uh, uh, around uh, 3 two, one groups, similar to a connect group, but it might be more uh, a little less formal, um, but no less important. The commitment is to have three people. So just gather three people, maybe two people that you're sitting next to and say, hey, I want to start a little group like this. Three people for every two weeks for one hour. That's the commitment. It's not a lot. It can be in a cafe, it can be in a home, it can be probably not on the train. I was going to say on the train, if you've got an hour train ride, but why not if you do that two, every two weeks? The idea is similar. It's to sharpen each other in faith. You can do that by reading scripture together and just unpacking it, holding each other accountable to reading scripture together, sharing joys and hardships of life together, asking the question, what was the hardest thing this week? How can I be praying for you? What was the best part of your week? It can be what you want it to be, but a great way to sharpen your faith. Faith must be walked in community. A knife can't sharpen itself on its own. And it leads me to the last point. Sharpening does mean meeting. It means we have to meet with people. Belonging moves beyond the place and towards how you live. That's what um, was said at the start. Hebrews 10, 24, 25 reminds us of our responsibility within the faith community to continue to meeting together, not give up meeting together. It says in verse 24, And let us consider how we may spur one another on towards love and good deeds, not giving up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing, but encouraging one another, and all the more as you see the day approaching. Now, the, the start of verse 24 is quite key. Let us consider how we may spur one another on. 
How do we sharpen one another? How do we encourage one another in faith? How do we move one another towards um, love and good deeds? Well, we don't stop meeting together, that's for sure. Meeting's key, but we've got to spur one another to do it. So you might think, I could do a 3 two, one group, but I might need to give the person next to me a bit more of a <clears throat> shove. Not a, don't do it physically. I don't want people coming up to me and going, saying, you told me to hit someone. I didn't, didn't say that. Just that little, nice little, little nudge. Hey, I'd love to meet up with you once every couple of weeks. Would you be interested in doing it? We're just going to read together, and we're going to explore. And then the meeting is key. Meet together. It gives you opportunities then to, to spur one another to even better things. The meeting together encourages one another to love and good deeds. I have a friend who's a pastor at another church, and we meet up once a month to encourage one another. I need that friend, and I value him so much and the time we have together. It's, it's a mutual space where we, we encourage each other in our ministries. We seek to share the ups and downs of ministry, and we pray together. And I tell you, each time I meet with him, I come back encouraged and lifted up. We also have a connect group we meet with on a Saturday night uh, with some people from church. And last night, Solari and I were at a wedding, but the, the connect group, uh, they even took our kids to the park so that they wouldn't miss out. That's community that are willing to stand up and say, we'll take your kids even if you're not around. Being in the spaces where we're not neglecting meeting together, it can be hard. It can be hard because it's easy to go, Oh, no, it's, it's, I've got a fair bit on. We want to do more than just, I'll catch up for a coffee and we'll have a quick coffee or whatever. It's more than that. It's a space where we're able to sharpen one another beyond the Sunday gathering, to build one another up and encourage one another in faith. Over time, those spaces, if you continue to nurture them, become the greatest of blessings. Yesterday, we were at the wedding. I said we were at a wedding. It was a wedding of Luke and Natasha Chant's son, Wyatt, and he married Tashi. And it was a wonderful wedding, and in every way, it was really beautiful. Uh, but one thing that Tashi said in her vows actually rang very true to me. She said, Wyatt, I am at home when I am with you. Beautiful, beautiful vow, beautiful thing to say. It was a profound statement, and here's why. Here's a Sri Lankan girl living away from family, redefining what home means for her. She was, when she came to Australia, she didn't have mum or dad, any of her family. Mum's come across from Sri Lanka for the wedding. Dad didn't get a visa. Those words are huge when you think of her situation. She finds a place where she feels safe. She's found a place where she knows she is loved. She found a place of security. It's not a physical place. I mean, Wyatt's a physical fella, for sure. He's a strong man. But she's found a home, and she placed her belonging in the arms of her now husband. I think that's a beautiful picture of belonging. As they nurture, and we did the pre-marriage time with them, as they nurture their relationship together, as they spend time together, as they sharpen one another, they find belonging together. So as we continue to look as a church at this idea of, of belonging, I want you to be encouraged to find a place of, to belong within this church. And that doesn't just mean by coming on a Sunday, but it means by engaging with others through the week. 
I encourage you to talk to people today, maybe about a 3-2-1 group, or come and see myself about if you're thinking, I could, I could facilitate a group. I could have a group in my home once a week or something like that. You might want to read a Lent, the Lent Bible plan along with me and some other people. I'll send out some information about how that can happen tomorrow. But whatever you do, seek belonging through KSBC. And my hope is that you don't just find a nice spot, but you find a home. Because it isn't about how comfy the seats are, because they are good seats. It's not about how great the lighting is, because we've got impressive lighting. But it's about the family of people, the people in this community. May KSBC be a place where you find belonging. Let me pray. Our Lord and God, I give you thanks that you are... You speak to us all through the week that we don't stop faith um, after coming to church on Sunday, but we just start afresh each week to seek to serve you, to honour you, to praise you, to do all those things that, um, yeah, as we meet other people, they may see you in us. Lord, help us to find ways of being encouraged in faith through the week by building relationships and developing deeper relationships with others. May you be in our midst now, in Jesus' name. Amen.